This is the Happy Rant Sports Podcast, in which Ted Cluck and Barnabas Piper rant about old sports, new sports, sports books, sports movies, and anything else related to sports that they feel like. Enjoy. Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Sports Podcast. I am Ted Klug, joined, as always, in studio by my good friend, Barnabas Piper. And, Pipe, we have a special episode on tap because this is the first ever uh, Happy Rant Sports app that is sponsored. So uh, this thing has grown so fast. So thank you to you listeners and, and those of you who reach out on social media and say that you like Happy Rant Sports and want more of Happy Rant Sports. But... Uh, I am just about as stoked as I could be for any sponsor pipe because I don't know if you knew this about me, but one of my super nerdy, enduring sports loves is for uh, defunct pro football leagues. Um, So like the World Football League, the USFL, the World League of American Football. And uh, I was browsing around online one day. I ran across a company called 503 Sports. And 503 Sports specializes in apparel uh, for all these football throwback leagues, so all these leagues that uh, that are defunct, that uh, that came and went, but that some of us are huge fans of. They do jerseys, they do caps, hoodies, t-shirts, and uh, I reached out to 503, and they were kind enough to uh, send us a bunch of their swag in exchange for some sponsorships. So uh, if you go to 503-sports.com, um, you can see their whole line. They have great stuff. I've gotten some of the gear in. Some of it arrived yesterday. I got a hat and a long sleeve t-shirt and it's high quality stuff great gear uh again the website is 503-sports.com so i was uh, was pretty pumped when my memphis showboats uh t-shirt showed up in the mail yesterday and then i got my world football league t-shirt too so it's just like the league logo and then i still got got a couple things on the way too yeah i got a a chicago blitz long sleeve t-shirt from uh, the usfl i went all usfl with my stuff so i got a blitz t-shirt um, I got an LA Express hat, which uh, that that team will come up later in our next uh, in our next segment. <laughs> um, and then I got a I actually got an LA Express jersey too, which uh, which I haven't received yet, but it's going to be sewn. It's going to have my name and number on it. I'm super super pumped. What is so, your number? Uh, my number. So I've had a, I've had a few, but 43 is kind of our family number. So um, Tristan actually wore it in uh, in Pee Wee. Um, years ago when I when I coached him so then when I played in France I wore it um, kind of as an homage to him and I've been we've, we've both been kind of wearing it ever since so, uh, cool. so so that's it that's our that's our family number and uh, I've got an LA Express jersey coming from 503-sports.com so everybody check it out buy some gear um, they are great people they've been very cool to work with and uh, we're super grateful to have them on board sponsoring this app. So Piper, in honor of 503 Sports and in honor of our friends at 503 Sports, uh, I thought it would be fun if we did an all-time uniform draft. So every sport is up for grabs, college, professional, all-time great uniforms. Um, who, who goes on the clock first, Pipe? Would you uh, Would you like to be on the clock first? No, I think I think you can go for. I have a feeling we're okay. going to go decidedly different directions in this, so I'm not worried Ooh, about you taking taking my top overall picks. Yeah, I'm going with the sleeper at number one overall. I can I can tell you that. So it's going to be a like sleeper. More, it's like gonna, more sleeper than Baker Mayfield. It more sleeper than Baker Mayfield. This one's probably not even on your draft board. Although it might be. It might be. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how deeply your like you know uh, second rate football league proclivities go. But uh, I'm on the clock, uh, so I will be on the clock first. And my selection 
Uh, I'm just filling out the card and handing it to the commissioner now. Uh, my number one overall pick in the all-time throwback uniform draft uh, is the World League of American Football London Monarchs. Do you remember this team, Piper, or this league? Do you have any recollection of the league? Um, my introduction to this league was through um, was through Brad Johnson, the mm-hmm. former quarterback for multiple NFL teams, but one of them was the Vikings. And uh, yep. so he was the backup for the Vikings, then became the starter. And he actually played for, I think it, it might have been London. If not them, it was Amsterdam. Um, Interesting. And so Interesting. he... Uh, I didn't know there was a league until I was looking at – I saw I was probably 10 years old and looking at his football card and saw that he had played in some Euro football league, and I was like, they have football in Europe? You know, my Yeah, dude. So, yeah, so spring, starting like my freshman year in uh, high school, so this would have been like 90, 91, uh-huh. um, there was a new league called the World League of American Football, and they had teams in uh, random places. So like San Antonio had a team – um, London, Barcelona, Frankfurt, New York, Sacramento. So there was a, this weird smattering of teams. Birmingham had one. And the London Monarchs uniform, it was um, like a nice royal blue uh, with a gold pant with like subtle red accents. Um, gold That's helmet. a rare combo. Usually if there's gold involved, there's only like yeah. that gold. It's gold and one other color. Dude, right. It was it was a there was a third color, just a little subtle pop of red. It was so fresh and clean, man. Great, great uniform. London Monarchs. So this was uh this this league ran from like ninety to ninety-three in the iterate in the iteration that I liked. And then it came back kind of rebranded as NFL Europe and the uniforms got really funky. They tried to make them, you know, look more like soccer uniforms and stuff with ads all over them. But uh but yeah, the the real iteration and it was the first I think we talked about this before. It was the first time Riddell had rolled out their like plastic face mask. You remember those thick, yep. chunky like yeah. everybody in the world league had one of those, and they they kind of looked hideous. But now like I'm nostalgic for them. So, <laughs> um, London Monarchs World League of American Football is my number one overall pick. Piper, you are on the clock. Uh, this is I, I have a distinct feeling that throughout the the course of this episode, I'm going to go. All right, that is a great pick. Every time Dude, you me say too. something, me too. because no, there's so many amazing uniforms through the ages. I will say though, it is not a strong period of time for uniforms right now. I totally it, agree. Just, totally, totally n- agree. Literally nothing that exists right now makes me stand up and go wow. With the exception of really classic uniforms like Penn State yeah. or Alabama or some of those. Sure, but, sure. Um, all right, so I'm. I'm going to cheat because okay. you're not if you're not cheating you're not trying and I'm going to go uh 1980s baby blue baseball uniforms. Dude, that's on my list. That's literally like third or fourth round for me, but I, I love it. I I, and I, I can't it. pick one cuz the Twins had one, the Cardinals had one, the Phillies had one, um there's the Braves had one. Like any Dude, team the Braves, that had blue the, in their the, uniform had a baby blue uniform. Dude, and, the Royals, the Expos. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it was a great, oh, yeah. great I mean, time for them. The Royals are, are a classic. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. so they were all sort of one uniform. They were. No, but, they were. And mine is mine is on the list in the exact same way. 80s powder blue baseball unis, man. So, so good. So that is, that is my number one overall pick because when I look around Major League Baseball now, like thankfully Major League Baseball for the most part doesn't botch their uniforms. They're just boring. Yeah. Dude, and, they are. And then you get teams like Arizona who changes their uniform every two years and they perpetually look horrific. And Miami, who used to be Florida, who nobody cares about. But yeah. 
but these like these were time stamped as all time classic uniforms, and so many great players who wore them too. The other thing is they were always like they they went with stirrups most of the time. Oh, dude, so and, good! And yeah. they were back when the uniforms were like. They were like tight polyester instead of sort yeah, of pajama yeah. pantsish, and so you'd have like yep. Bo Jackson in his Royals uniform looked like an Adonis. But the, dude, he looked like a superhero. He looked like somebody yeah. drew him, you know. And, and then, but then you had like little Twiggy guys and fat guys yeah. and like fat it guys. Just, it was absolutely it was delightful. Like I remember seeing John Cruck, yeah, play in a throwback Phillies uniform like this, and I'm like, you know what, that. That's just about perfect. You got mullet, Dude, facial was, hair, beer belly, everything. Yeah, exactly. That was back in the era where like baseball players didn't work out. Yeah, like they were afraid to work out for fear that like getting bulked up would like ruin your swing or your throwing motion or whatever. So like, yeah, you literally were just what you were. So you had like a bunch of skinny relief pitchers with like pot bellies. You had Cruck. You had you know uh, gifted guys like Bo Jackson who just like got out of bed in the morning and looked you know completely yoked up, but. Uh, that was an amazing era pipe. That's a good, solid choice. So my second round selection, I am back on the clock. Um, I have a feeling you're going to like this one, but uh, but I'm not sure. Uh, my next selection is the 70s to early 90s vintage orange creamsicle Tampa Bay Bucks uniform. Strong. So, so yeah, much, we're talking, so much better than their pewter and you know oh, blood stain or whatever. Pewter and tomato. The pewter sauce. and blood stain era, like the Mike. It makes me sad that Mike Allstott had to wear that uniform because I, I basically semi worship Mike Allstott. But um, so yeah, the pewter and blood stain was one era. But the thing they got now is just a circus. I mean, that's just yeah, like that's true. Put it, put a big top over it, man. That's a that's a circus. Yeah, very XFL. Oh, it's terrible. It's so terrible on so many levels, and it used to be so good. So we're talking about a white pant, a clean white pant um, with the orange stripes down the side, the the orange creamsicle jersey, the white helmet with Bucko Bruce, and the orange face mask, man. Uh, James Wilder wore this, wore the heck out of it, um, looked phenomenal in that uniform. Leroy Selman. Um, I'm racking my brain to think of stars because there weren't many stars on those yeah, teams. They, but. Those, well, I mean, they were all-time bad teams. I mean, that was part of the yeah. thing is like Dungy came in as coach um, yeah. and and they changed the uniform right about then. And it was like just we're, we're, we're pretending that era never happened. We're starting yeah. over and then there was work done and Mike Allstott and, you know. Right, great and, teams. Derek Brooks, and, yeah, Warren Derek Sapp. Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, John Lynch, uh, Rondé Barber. Um, yeah, so they th- with that came an exceptionally cool period of time for them, but but the the early uniforms were better. Dude, absolutely they were, and uh, yeah, I always loved watching them play. One of my favorite like low key players from the eighties was uh, was on those Buck teams, Steve Deberg. Do you remember Steve Deberg? He's a quarterback, right? He was a backup quarterback. He played till he was like fifty years old. Yeah. He always looked really like. He looked like a golf pro. You know what I mean? He had a uh-huh. he had a perpetual like brown tan and wavy hair and Steve DeBerg was a great play action passer, man. That was kind of his thing, but he was always on crappy teams. So, <laughs> um so shout out Ms. DeBerg family if you're listening. I know I know you're ardent Happy Rant Sports supporters. Um we are fans of yours and we're fans of that uniform. So, Piper round 2, uh you are on the clock. What are we looking at? At the risk of sounding uh, non-patriotic, um, mm-hmm. red, white, and blue normally don't make for great uniforms. Um, uh-huh. like it's just it's it's kind of lame. Yeah, unless there is a a minute man snapping a football on your helmet. Oh, and so I'm, I'm probably robbing another one of your picks here, but I'm going to go with that 80s, and then I think into the early 90s. 
uh, New yep. England Patriots uniform with the the mascot snapping the football on the white helmet, and then the rest of it was you know it was just like it was very patriotic. They looked like a Boy Scout troop ready to go march on the Fourth of July parade. Dude, it was the most incredible thing, and it went so well with like you look at old pictures of that era, and they've got that like cheesy cut rate stadium that they played in they've got the the bad old astroturf but it's just perfect like it works yeah, it, perfectly it worked yes it was gonna say it went it went perfectly with astroturf similarly yeah. to powder blue baseball also going with astroturf and multi-purpose stadiums but Dude, uh, yes the, the the whole look the multi-purpose stadiums that's such a good point man i'm so glad you brought that up um, the worst yeah, so, stadiums. I I went to multiple ones over the years to watch. Oh, they were terrible. Baseball, and they like they were, they were like the spork of stadiums. They did nothing well. <laughs> they were pretty useless. Exactly. They were round and bowl shaped. And if you're uh, in the upper terrible. deck, you were like a mile away from the action, yes. mile mile and a half away from from whatever action it was, whether it was football or, or baseball. You couldn't really tell anyway once you were in the upper deck. So I mean, you you yeah. might have been watching a soccer game and wouldn't even know. Dude, the AstroTurf looked magnificent, though. It really did. And uh, it was kind of like in those multi-use stadiums, you could see where they, like, zippered certain parts of it in and yeah. out. And uh, it was just kind of fascinating. So, was like, yeah, there was, like, slightly off shades of green where they had, like, newer, ter- you know, newer AstroTurf exactly. that was a little exactly. bit more brilliant, reflected light a little bit more. Yeah. Dude, so those Patriot teams had uh, – they had one of my other favorite 80s quarterbacks. And I love this guy because he wore a neck roll. Uh, was Steve Grogan? Do you remember Steve Grogan? Have we mentioned him on the program before? I feel like I feel maybe like when we you have about neck because rolls. of your abiding passion for neck rolls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Grogan wore number fourteen for the Pats. He was kind of tall, lanky quarterback, sneaky, athletic, sneaky, good runner. Um, I think he two distinctives about Grogan. One is the neck roll, but the other one was I think he played actually with like dip in his mouth. <laughs> so you know, you know, you know, a guy's tough if he's running around getting sacked and playing playing with dips. So, uh, Piper, that was actually my third round selection. So my my war room is going crazy right now. So we're we're rearranging things on our draft board, and we have a we have a pick ready to make, ready to go to the the commissioner for round three. Um, and this one actually kind of dovetails nicely with the multi use stadium thing. So uh, my dad was a pilot. And he would go on these long trips when I was a kid, and sometimes he would bring me back swag from whatever uh, whatever team, whatever metro area he was in. And I remember one time he had a trip to Toronto mm-hmm. uh, up in Canada, and he brought me back some Toronto Argos gear. And this would have been right after they signed Rocket Ismail away from the NFL. So I don't know if you remember that, but Wayne Gretzky and John Candy – uh, were part owners of the Toronto Argos in the early yep. '90s, yep. and they made this huge like financial push to uh, to lure Rocket Ismail away from the NFL and up to Toronto, and that was a dope uniform, man. So that uniform, again, very simple blue jersey, um, very tasteful blue helmet with a white face mask with a, just an A, like a block A on the helmet. Um, they had the they had the white pant, but the pant had like contrasting color blue stripes just a, a like a thicker dark shade of blue with a lighter shade of blue next to it um another great astroturf uniform man and they played in the sky dome so the sky dome was the first retractable roof stadium it looked very futuristic in the 90s and um probably a terrible place to watch a football game but it looked really cool to me so it's, it's not a terrible place to watch a baseball game no, I, I watched a baseball game there. And it's, it was nice. I mean, I, I sat upper deck right field, so right under the uh-huh. CN Tower, you know, the big, tall, yep. Look, yep. Space Needle-looking thing. And it's it's really not a bad place to watch a game. Yeah, no, I agree. 
Dude, Toronto is such a dope city, man. I hope we can get up there for a uh, a, a live in Louisville up in Toronto. Yeah, so. li- yeah live in live in the, the sneaky, most cosmopolitan city in North America. <laughs> exactly. So Toronto fan base, Toronto listeners, um, do the best you can to uh, to book a, a big swanky venue and get us up there. So uh, Piper, you are on the clock. What else do you have? I am on the clock, and I there's there's a running theme in my picks, and that is uh-huh. that the '80s ruled uniforms. I totally um, agree. I, yep. The 80s were bad for a lot of things. Uh-huh. Um, but power ballads and power sports uniforms are not mm. those things. So uh, I'm going to go with the 1980s Denver Nuggets uniforms. Ooh. Now, jog my memory. That one had multiple colors. It did. It was, slash... so it was, it was a, like a royal blue yep. with like rainbow stripes. Um, and a little jagged like skyline in the yeah, back, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the skyline was the new version. There was like it was like a it was a mountain outline. On yeah, the like 80s a mountain version. outline. That's they, it. They they did a newer version of it that I think had a skyline on it, which also looks really cool. But yeah, I mean, it, but it was like genuinely a you know red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, uh, yeah, rainbow stripes. And then, but then the, the kicker is the gold trim around the neck and the sleeve holes. So mm, it just right. gives it that, that little extra pop. And then the numbers on the front are off center, like upper left chest. Yeah. Um, yeah. They just, they were. That was another 80s thing. The off center, like upper left chest number on the, on the front of the jersey. I dug that. See, but this one had such a prominent logo across the front that they had to do the off center number. And it, it yeah. worked really, really well. It's, they are the best basketball uniforms in NBA history. Dude, who is the who is the best player to wear that uniform? Are we talking Alex English? That's for those the name Nuggets that comes teams? to mind. I mean, because I mean, I think Kiki was Kiki Vandeweghe on those teams. I think Kiki Vandeweghe um, was on those I mean, teams. They, those yeah. were the teams that were like no defense, all offense, pushing yeah. up and on the court. I mean, Alex English is probably the best player in franchise history. You know, yeah, up up until maybe Carmelo, um, and yeah, I think he was probably the best player who wore those. Dude, remember from that same era, the Sacramento Kings had a powder blue, and they had... They've actually brought this, that back. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing as a kid, though, because I remember they had the they had the players' numbers along the bottom of the of the jersey on the back. So they would have the number, and then the, the player's name, I'm sorry, yeah. the name, was, was beneath the numbers. Yeah, um, very it was, Euro, it was like a very EuroLeague thing. I was, it was. I was watching some highlights of, a, of an NBA uh, draft guy, Luka Doncic, who's supposed uh-huh. to be, you know, top two or three pick this year. And I didn't know who it was. I just sort of caught it on the TV and I kept looking for his name. And every time I would look at the wrong place on his jersey, you know, while he's running back up court. And so I'd miss it because yeah. it was below the number. And it so, yeah, it's very, very EuroLeague thing. And the 80s Sacramento Kings played like a cut rate EuroLeague team. So in, so that, the, in that respect, it was the cohesive. The 90s Sacramento Kings and then early 2000 Sacramento Kings were okay. And then they went back uh-huh. to cut rate. Dude, the, the white chocolate years were the that was the that was the pinnacle of of being a Sacramento Kings fan, I think. But well, then the, um, the, you had the you had the Vladi and Peja and Chris Weber years. Oh, that's right, they, that's right. You know, yeah, they, those were they were they were pretty competitive, and then they got they were. hosed by the refs and the Lakers. That's right, that's right, dude. I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you went to '80s NBA because that was my next one. Um, I'm gonna stay in that era, stay in that league. Uh, my next one is the Wayman Tisdale era Indiana Pacers. Do you remember this uni? Man, I it was like semi, it. yeah. So red and blue, obviously, with like a white accent. But it was it was big chunks of red and blue, kind of going on a on a diagonal pattern. Uh, it was it's the best Pacers uniform. 
No, 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 not red and blue. Blue and uh, blue and yellow. Sorry. Oh, okay, I was I'm gonna tired. say, man, I didn't know they used to have red in their uniforms. Oh yeah, like the the diagonal like yeah like, racing stripe looking the diagonal sort of racing stripe. It said Pacers and big kind of chunky you know, curvy letters across the front and uh, such a fresh uniform, man. They used to play in Market Square Arena and uh, we would we would go because they never sold out and tickets were cheap and we would watch. Uh, Wayman Tisdale is my favorite player because he was a saxophone player and my parents made me be in the band. So I was also a saxophone player in, in <laughs> honor of Wayman Tisdale. So uh, Wayman Tisdale, the Duncan Dutchman, Rick Smith, Steve Stepanovich, they had some classic crappy white guys on those teams. Greg Dryling, um, you know, some real legendary bad white guys. Yeah, but, man, it's uh, it's amazing. When you think about 80s basketball, everybody's mm-hmm. like, you know, Lakers, Celtics, Rockets, yeah. you know, Sixers. What you failed to remember is that everybody else in the league sucked. Yeah, that's it, man. There was, there was such the, there like— There was no middle class. There was no middle class. It was all the haves and have-nots. And if you were in a have-not market— like you were just happy to go to the game. You were happy to see whatever other team was in town. Um, and that, that was the best you could do. You know, I remember like in that era watching the Pacers play, like the, the cheapest ticket was always like Pacers, New Jersey nets, you know, um, and there would be nobody in the arena, but the nets had a dope uniform too. I've actually liked every New Jersey nets uniform iteration. I think probably since the beginning the, of time. They've the had Jason some great Kidd era Nets had some, they were just sort of generic, but the new, the they were new, generic. Yeah. The Brooklyn Nets, black and white uniforms might be the best in the NBA right now. Dude, those are so dope. Um, even like the, yeah, like the Derek Coleman era net, yep. net uni was kind of a, it was kind of a mess, but kind of in a good way. It's just a pleasing color scheme. Like the, the dark blue, red kind of semi gray motif that, uh, that they had going was just, just nice to look at. So, uh, so yeah, Piper, you're on the clock. Who's who's next for you? Um, I, I think I'm going to go super classic here. So, like, okay. a team that doesn't exist anymore. Um, Ooh, I like it. That's real classic. And it is it is the Brooklyn Dodgers uniform. Um, mm. Because there is no blue as bright as Dodger blue, and there's no white as bright as the white of the home uniform for the Dodgers. However... Mm. The B on the hat looks way better than the LA on the hat of the current Dodgers. I'm with you, man. And I'm with so you. the the and then just Brooklyn across the chest. So the Brooklyn yeah. Dodgers uniform is my all time favorite baseball uniform. Uh, it's not as fun as some of the others, but like just as a staple, it's, absolutely, it's the coolest, dude. It's the coolest, and it's going to be the most pleasant to look at the most often. And don't you think that like the backdrop of a real city made that uniform even better. Like, I, I think context is everything with a lot of these uniforms. Oh, yes. And, uh, like, the orange creamsicle bucks uni, like, it just looked good in the sun. You know what I mean? It was yep. always sunny. The seats were always half empty at the sombrero. Yeah, that never would have worked at, like, looking. the Meadowlands. Dude, no, it would have been terrible at the Meadowlands. And, in fact, when they played in the Meadowlands, it looked out of place, you know? Um, but yeah, the Brooklyn Dodgers in Brooklyn with the city as a backdrop, I and think is same, just same perfect. with like the Miami Dolphins. Like that, that yeah. is that is the ugly. Like you know, when they roll into a stadium with snow, they're going to get slaughtered. But when it's yeah. eighty five degrees and sunny in South Florida, that weird sort of aqua and orange mix, right? It kind of works, dude. It absolutely works. It just makes sense, you know. It just makes sense. Piper, I'm going to go to. Uh, the ice now. Since we're in the NHL playoffs, uh, my team is back on the clock, and I'm going classic too. I'm going with a team that's never ever changed. 
It's uniform aesthetic. It's got a great color scheme, um, great core colors, great accent color, and a great logo. I'm going Chicago Blackhawks. Um, this one, one. This one looked the best when they were at the old Chicago Stadium. So the old Chicago Stadium with the organ uh, where the old Bulls used to play as well. This is a great-looking uni, man. Red, black, a little bit of white for an accent. Um, looks good at home, looks good on the road. Um, every iteration of this uniform is uh, is a is a killer. So I'm going Chicago Blackhawks. That's a great. That's a great pick. So I when I was a kid didn't pay any attention to hockey at all. Yeah. Um, and here's how you know a uniform is spectacular when a child who cares nothing about the sport or the city looks yeah. at a shirt and says, "I want that shirt." I want that. That looks cool. Because as like at like eight years old, I had a Chicago Black Blackhawks shirt simply because it was the coolest looking shirt it was so tough looking oh absolutely very tough looking man very very tough looking even if the team stinks even if the team's going through a down time um it's still a great looking uniform for sure who's next on your list piper um i'm trying to decide if i should go with another team or if i should cheat again um ooh Dude, maybe I, you should cheat. I'm I'm intrigued by that. Okay. Well, I have I have. This is not really cheating. It's just off the beaten path. So I have one that's okay. cheating. And I'll save that for my next pick. But my okay. off the beaten path is John Daly's golf uniforms. Oh, dude, I love it. I wish I'd thought of that so bad. Talk talk about it. I I mean I question whether or not golf is a true sport because I feel like anything you can play in slacks probably yeah. isn't a real mm-hmm. sport that being mm-hmm. said it is absolutely a game of skill yeah. um and john daly is the fact that there are no more john daly's in the pga makes me <laughs> sad it's a bunch of like it's a bunch of like express for men models now thank you Tiger dude a bunch Woods. of rich express for men little robots that like you know lift weights too much yeah it sucks now man whereas totally john agree. daly was like he was sort of the John Cruck of of, of golf. golf. You yeah. know, he was smoking on the fairways. He was wearing like plaid pants and shirts with like pineapples on them. And he dude, had, he was a dirt bag. Yeah, in the he, best possible he way. He had like it was like a mullet, but it wasn't. It wasn't like a. It was a bowl cut mullet. Yeah. So it was like yeah. straight bowl cut in the front, mullet in the back. So, I mean, it wasn't like business in the front party in the back. It was like nine-year-old in the front party in the back while smoking a cigarette, while being 35 pounds overweight. <laughs> you know, and at his peak, he was a spectacular golfer, but he also had the like, I'm going to hit nine straight balls into the water kind of rounds. Dude, right, uh, right. All while dressing in the most clashing, amazing concoctions of clothing. Absolutely. Dude, he just seemed to like kind of thumb his nose at the whole like kind of country club ethos of the sport. You know, like this is what you guys want me to be. I'm just not going to be it, you know? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, he definitely seemed like somebody who, you know, he, he probably drove up in like a 1972 Dodge Charger <laughs> with no muffler. Absolutely. Um, got out, you know, stuck his... Stuck his uh, his Coors Light in the cup holder, got out and <laughs> and rolled in. You know, ignored everybody, got all the turned up noses by the staff. You know, tipped people with slices of juicy fruit, and yeah. uh, you know, just eschewed the whole thing. Dude, amazing. So Piper, you have you have once again thrown my my war room into disarray. Daily was not on our board. 
Um, but I feel like like similar to what happens in the NFL when there's a run, there's like an early run on running backs. So like like this year when the Lions, uh, they all those running backs started to go, so they panicked. They traded up for on Johnson, who totally would have been there later. Um, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to trade up. Oh, you're going to Al, da- you're going to Al Davis this draft, are you? I'm going to Al Davis this draft, and I am also taking a non-league, non-team sport athlete. I'm going with Mike Tyson's black trunks and and cut towel Ooh, as his nice. as his ring attire. So Tyson, uh, Iron Mike, he was the he was the fighter of our childhoods. Um, he was the namesake of, of Nintendo's, one of their first sports games, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Tyson wore plain black trunks into the ring. He wore sockless, uh, like black, high-top boxing shoes into the ring. And instead of a robe, he would just cut a slit in a towel and slide it over his shoulders. And he looked so bad. Uh, he just looked so, so dangerous when he walked into a ring. He, would, uh, he usually walked into like Public Enemy back in that era. But uh, it was a great look, man. It was a great look for a gladiator. Um, he just looked lean. He looked he looked spared down. It wasn't about the pomp and the circumstance like it is with a lot of these guys. And uh, Tyson was just there to give you a beating. He was there to batter you and, and his attire. His uniform, if you will, backed that up. He never had any ads on his trunks, never had any, like, embroider, embroiderment of any kind. It was uh, just the black trunks, the black shoes. Great look. Uh, Piper, you are on the clock. What uh, what do you have? All right, I'm going with my my second cheater pick of the day. Um, okay, and we're going back to baseball again, and we're going to mm-hmm. go with another baseball trend, and it is mm-hmm. the sleeveless baseball jersey. Ooh, now okay, this this is fascinating because this this is the first one that I take umbrage with. So uh, I want to hear your defense, your elegant defense of the sleeveless baseball jersey, and then I'm going to push back a little bit. So my, uh, have at it. My elegant defense of the sleeveless baseball jersey is that it baseball is a sport of tradition. It's okay. a sport of uniformity. It's yep. a sport of like of unwritten rules. Uh-huh. And, and the sleeveless jersey falls in none of those categories, and it <laughs> looks absurd. Yes. It, I mean, it's, it is patently ridiculous. Of all the things yes, that we've it mentioned, it's, it's the worst looking by infinity. Dude, it really is. It really, really is. You're but so right. Just, just, like, just like certain jokes, if you make them enough times, they get funny just, <laughs> just by being absurd. This is yeah. like that joke. It's, it's so bad that it's good. Okay. Um, it's like there are people who love Crave Cases from White Castle. Yeah. Nobody actually loves crave cases. They love how bad they are, and yeah. so they enjoy the badness. That is the sleeveless jersey. Mm. Dude, you know what? It's it's interesting, man. I thought you were going to like very earnestly defend the sleeveless jersey, but actually your your logic works perfectly for me because I was going to say all the same things, except, um, yeah, it looks classless. It looks tasteless. It looks unspeakably like late 90s early 2000s which was a horrible kind of era for fashion um yeah it's just really really bad i can't remember it looking cool on any player when, and, and here's uh, the thing it's, some of the teams who did it had spectacular uniforms to begin with or, or at they least did. really solid like the yeah. cincinnati reds through the 70s and 80s with just their crisp red and white uniforms dude was, i love the red. sharp the, so uh, the Chicago White Sox have had yep. some different. They've had some bad uniforms, but they've had some yeah. iterations of the uniforms that you're like, 
how are you going to make black and white look bad? They're just pretty right. solid. Um, yep. I think the Padres may have at one point um, done a sleeveless uniform during the Steve Garvey era, and mm-hmm. and again their their brown and their brown and gold uniform was mm-hmm. was you know it was it was risky, but it was it was good. But the sleeveless like they just they ruin everything, but they yeah. ruin it in such a like. I'm just going for it. You know, it's like it's like a, it's like the yeah. mohawk of of uniforms. Like it doesn't it really is. look good on anybody, but shoot, you went for it. Piper, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned the Padres. How do you feel about brown as a uniform color? Because I got to tell you, I'm in. I like Wyoming. I like the Padres. I love the Cleveland Browns uniform. Like almost any brown related uniform, I I dig it. Uh where are you at with the color brown? Ah uh... It really depends. I don't love the Cleveland Browns because the brown and like orangey brown just isn't awesome. I love the yeah. like I love a, a dark brown with the right accent color. So like, dude, so the old the old brown Juni with like the white pants, yes, and just a just a little tiny pop of orange on the right. jersey, and then the orange helmet that was so dope, so yes, classy. That's much better. The and, new and one is a gong show, you, though. If you have brown in your uniform, you can't do a lot. It's like it's like it's earth tones, which means you can't like yeah. flashy it up. So a little bit of gold, a little bit of white, um, mm. like what the Padres did with their brown and gold, that worked. But yeah, it, yeah but it it's it has to be done very simply, or it it begins to look like somebody threw up on the uniform. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, which is what the new brown uniform looks like, sadly. Um, which is sad because they've they've got such a rich tradition. Um, Pipe, who's on the clock? I forgot. You are sleeveless jerseys was my pick. So sleeveless jerseys was your pick. That's right. That's how we got here. Okay, I'm on the clock. Um, I'm actually, you know, I'm I'm at that point, Piper, where my board is pretty. Uh, it's pretty stacked in terms of a lot of a lot of teams, a lot of uniforms, kind of in the same space. I'm gonna go with another great astroturf uniform. I'm gonna go a little bit. I'm going to stray from my my core values uniform wise. I'm usually a big accent color guy. Like I think there needs to off often there needs to be a third color. You know, just a little pop of a of a third color. But I'm going to go with one. Uh, it was just two simple colors, green and white. I'm going with the Tony Mandarich era Michigan State Spartans. Um, and I hate Michigan State as a team. Uh-huh. Um, but that uni with the like the Kelly green. Helmet and jersey with a huge block S, uh, the white pant with a huge chunky, you know, single white or uh, green stripe down the side, big numbers, just a basic shoulder stripe. It said Michigan State on the jersey. That was dope. Tony Mandarich wore that well. Um, it was a great AstroTurf uniform. Um, Mandarich era Michigan I'm, State Spartans. I'm trying to think of a team with green and white colors who I have any feelings for. Dude, I mean, right. not, not even like I don't like loathing or right or like it's just it's it's the most boring. I find that I have feelings for their uniforms. Like, OK, so another example, I really like like the 80s Jets uniforms, like the Altoon, Johnny Hector, um, uh-huh. Ken O'Brien, like that green and white chunky uni. They had big numbers. They had a real simple chunky shoulder stripe. Like I just liked it. And maybe I liked it on AstroTurf in the in the era that it was in but um but yeah I didn't have any any feelings for the teams but I I always appreciated the unis. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Um, anything else to say about that one, Piper? Are you ready to go back on the? No, call? I mean, I, 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 I like the pick. I, I tend, I tend to like two color uniforms, no accent yeah. colors, just two colors, uh, right. especially in football uniforms, because football sure. uniforms go off the rails so fast. They do. Yeah, they do. They really do. Um, yeah, two color uni. It's it's hard to really screw it up. You know, it may not be memorable all the time, but it's you know you're not going to end up with a train wreck like the current Tampa Bay Bucks or. But there's or, like in in football, it's so I remember as a little league baseball player, I played on mm-hmm. I played on a city league team. Is it, it was a park team, Elliott Park, and it was like a cops for kids program. So it was the first year <laughs> they'd ever run it, and yeah. I was you know eight or nine years old, something like that. And we had like T-shirts and mesh back hats, and that was our uniform. Mm-hmm. And we nice. would go play these teams that had like boosters, you know, yeah. so full polyester uniforms stirrups. with stirrups and the, yeah. the, you know, fitted hats and stuff. Oh wow! And I mean, we were a bad baseball team, but we were definitely going to lose when we went up against a team that looked like a real baseball team. Absolutely. In football, Absolutely. that is not the case. Mm-hmm. You don't look across the field and go, "Oh, their uniform looks so crisp." You look yeah. across the field and you go, it doesn't matter what they look like, I get to hit them. Absolutely. And so and so like football uniforms, like keeping it simple works. It's kinda like the Mike Tyson thing. Like yeah, there's, for there's sure. something exceptionally just sort of we're gonna we're gonna this is elemental. This is elemental because what we're doing is elemental. Yeah, like this is this is a game of, of brute force. That's right. I'm and going to so impose my will yeah, on you. We're not interested in in chrome on our uniforms. We're interested in destroying you. Period. That's it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Piper. That being said, you are back on the clock. All right. Uh, I have. I have. I only have three names left on my board, and that's. I'm sure I'm forgetting many things, but I'm going to go again. I'm going to go off the grid a little bit here. Uh, not okay. off the grid from a from an overall popularity perspective, but from a U and I perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm going to go with the Brazilian soccer jersey. Whoa! Wow. Okay, man. This is. Uh, yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to. You know, my war room is a buzz right now. So there's there's guys all over here like Google imaging what that even looks so, like. So talk me through let, that. Let me let me lay out the strikes against me on this one. One. Okay. I said I said soccer jersey. We don't You did. And the, and you lost me there for yeah, a little bit. Not not really soccer fans, you and I. Um yeah. also it's green and gold. Okay. Uh which is a color scheme that I I almost inevitably hate. You can't like it. It's you can't just like it. terrible. Yeah. Um, however, it is it is a jersey that fits the team so well because mm. they have always been not always for decades uh-huh. a powerhouse team that plays mm-hmm. in a a just a visibly flashy style. They they're known yeah. for high scoring. Their strikers yep. are their famous famous players, etc. And here's the reason I picked this one aside from just sort of like. It's one. It's probably the most recognizable soccer uniform in the world, uh, meaning yeah. it's the most recognizable amongst, you know, the most popular sport in the world. Sure. It has a cool backstory, uh-huh. which I heard on a podcast, which I now can't remember what it was. But uh, so for for decades, they just they were a they wore a white uniform. That was their up sure. up, up into the fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, they were a very good team, but struggled to get over the hump, and then. 
they I'm trying to remember all the details. Basically, they they did a design contest. Like they just put it out there and asked for submissions to yeah. to the Brazilian people. And a guy who lived, you know, on the far reaches of the country, more, you know, on the inland side of Brazil, sent in his design and mm-hmm. it was selected. And the funniest thing is he's a I think he's an El Salvadorian soccer fan who just happens to live on the Brazilian side of the border. But yeah. he sent it in because he was like, well, why not? It's an interesting design. And nobody thought it would. He didn't think it would work because it was too gaudy. And so mm-hmm. now this like canary yellow with the green stripes is their signature and has been since I think the, the 50s or 60s. And Dude, uh, interesting. So I thought that story was cool. It's a signature jersey in a sport yeah. that I only pay attention to a little bit every four years. Yeah. Um, but nod to soccer and nod to a cool backstory for the most recognizable uniform. Absolutely. No, I like it, Pipe. That's good. Let's uh, let's call this our last round, and right. then we'll go undrafted free agents. So uh, <laughs> we'll right. just do a little rapid fire undrafted free agents. My last round, and this is the jersey that I ordered from this week's sponsor, 503 Sports, 503-sports.com. This, to me, is my favorite you know, obscure football league jersey. It's the, uh, it's the 1980s USFL Los Angeles Express. And there's, there's a couple elements of this pipe. Um, one is, I think, maybe the most absolutely perfect color scheme ever. Um, it's a dark, dark blue, so like a dark navy blue silver pants with a tiny little pop of red accent on the stripe and then on the outside of the of the numbers itself um silver helmet with just a simple la on the on the side with kind of a like a a motiony symbol behind it um really really good looking uniform top to bottom uh steve young wore this uniform so steve young Mm -hmm. uh was famously signed away from the national football league um, the Express paid him a king's ransom to uh, to come to LA and kind of helm their franchise. So um, the other the other aspect of this that makes it unique is fit. So in the 1980s, there were there were two things about football uniforms that are different than now. One is that uh, shoulder pads were big, so everybody had big shoulder pads. Um, the other thing is that everybody had kind of big baggy jerseys, and the jerseys just hung in a different way. And I think in the baggy jersey era, this was the perfect jersey. Uh, it looked great. Um, sleeves on the arms mattered back in that era. Sleeves now are a, a non-thing. Every jersey now is just a sausage casing. You can't even see stripes or any yeah. kind of accents or numbers or anything on the sleeve. But um, this was a great era for stripes on sleeves. And uh, the, the USFL LA Express um, is my last round pick for our uniform draft piper throw some undrafted free agents at me so now we're working the phones wait is uh, we're that making our post draft I, I think i still have one more pick right oh you do yeah because i started you started yeah, you right. got one so, more last round pick yeah all for right sure. uh, i'm gonna go back to the nba and i think it's a bit of an unlikely pick but i'm gonna pick it because it was it was the first nba uniform that i loved and mm-hmm. i loved the team Okay. And it is the early nineties Phoenix Suns. So the Charles Ooh, So ninety three is the year. So Charles Barkley, Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley, uh Danny Andrews on that team. Uh mm-hmm. and it was the purple with the sun like the the basketball was a sun sort of shooting at diagonally across the jersey. Um yep. and I've expressed my disdain for purple as uniform color in general, but I will make a grand exception for that. And it fit that team so well because they were, I mean, they were run and gun. They were explosive. They, 
as much as any team the Bulls played in the finals, they mm-hmm. gave them they gave them all they could handle. I mean, they lost in six games, but still, yep. there was there was a triple overtime game. There was some insane scoring performances. It was so fun, and the uniform just worked. And it was sort of a perfect contrast to the Bulls, you know, black and red sinister uniform. You've got like this yeah. splash of like kids' finger painting over here that uh, Dude, right. playing against it, and it was tons of fun. And they had Tom Chambers, one of my my other favorite '80s '90s white guys. Um, well, he, he was great. He wasn't on that team, was he? He was, but he was a, he was a Sun earlier, correct? He was a Phoenix Sun earlier. Right. Yeah, he was a 1980s Phoenix Sun, but he wore essentially the same uniform. So, um, so yeah, good uniform, good team there, Piper. I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you went with that era's NBA. I'm going to go with the uh, Mark Price Cleveland Cavs um, uniform. Are we talking the blue and orange one. We're talking blue and orange. Yeah. So this would have been, yeah, like Larry Nance, Mark yep. Price. Um, again, another fun team. Another fun, like, almost decent Jordan-era team. I mean, Jordan just dominated that whole era. But um, as far as the, the East is concerned, like, um, you know, the Cavs made a little, you know, they made a little noise there for a little while. But uh, that was a good-looking uniform. Just blue and orange. Very simple. Just the simple chunky calves with sort of the the basketball going into the the v on the front of the jersey um that was a good look i think that's the last great calves uniform that we've seen uh, the ones now are just vomit they're just a mess it doesn't matter um and then they had the like dewan wagner era i think there were pinstripes involved yeah. when everybody had pinstripes that was a bad uniform um I yeah know. they've had they've had some real nasty ones but i feel that, like that when teams one. change their color schemes Mm-hmm. They never get better. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Or, or maybe they do incrementally. So, like the Timberwolves this last year changed from one shade of blue to another, and one shade of green to another. And I think it's an improvement. Yeah, but they still think it's pretty lame and boring. I yeah. just and so like the Cavs, if they had just stuck with the blue and orange, yeah. Instead, they're like this weird sort of wine and gold color thing now, yeah, and they have dude. black. Every NBA team has a black, like black uniforms, unless you are a team who that is one of your base colors. It's stupid. They look it ugly. makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, they do. Brooklyn they look and terrible. San Antonio can get away with it. Uh, every other the team Raiders can get away. The with Raiders it. Yeah. can get away with it. The White Sox can get away with it. Um, Absolutely, nobody else should do that. It looks terrible. I agree. So Piper, I've signed a couple of undrafted free agents here, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay those on you. All right. Um, Tyrone Wheatley era Michigan football. So this was back when Michigan played on AstroTurf. Um, again, baggy jerseys, big shoulder pads. This was kind of right near the end of that era. This would have been like, um, oh gosh, Brian Greasy and before quarterback wise for uh-huh. Michigan, but AstroTurf in the big house, real simple. The the winged helmet. Um, yellow pants, basic blue jersey, yellow numbers, uh, Tyrone Wheatley era, Michigan football. Um, do you have a free agent pipe? And undrafted I do, and I'm going to go way, way off the board with this one because this is what you do it. with undrafted free agents. You take a swing. You're going for upside. Yeah, yeah you're going is, for upside. This is the basketball player turned football player. We'll see if he works out guy. Yeah, uh, I love it. It is – hang with me here. Yeah, yeah. The professional cycler's helmet that some guys used to wear in the Tour de France that looked like – the head of oh. the the villain from Alien. Gosh, I'm so jealous that you thought of that. I really, really hate you for that because that's so good, man. That's so so good. I love it. Um, yeah, it was it was the time trial helmet. So when they would time trial, they were going for maximum like aerodynamic, you know, stuff. 
And the, yeah, they would wear this like long kind of angular sweeping helmet. And uh, you're right. It, it made them look like aliens. So Piper, you, you've thrown my, you know, my front office into disarray. So we have, uh, we have gotten on the phone. We've made a long distance call across the pond to France as well. And we are actually going to sign um, the 1970s cycling helmet, which was just like a leather hairnet. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen this in pictures, but it's just like strips of padded leather. Um, Classic, classic look. Um, It was back when cycling jerseys were wool. Believe it or not, they were like short sleeve wool um, that would wick the the sweat, the moisture Mm -hmm. away. Um, Yeah, 1970s um, Tour de France cycling helmet. That's that's an undrafted free agent for my for my ball club. Um, Any other signings from you? Yeah, I feel like I've made I've made an allusion to this multiple times. Just loving uh-huh. classic football uniforms, college football yeah. uniforms specifically. Yeah. So I'm just going to go ahead and pick one, um, mm-hmm. and it is the the mid '90s Nebraska Cornhuskers Ooh, football yes, uniform. And here's yes. why that's better. Like I like Penn State's and Alabama's um, yep. and Oklahoma's and Texas. All of those are solid. But yep. Nebraska is bright red and bright white. It's bold, mm. but it is bold. Super simple. Yeah. Um. And I'm also a little bit jaded toward them because I had the chance to attend a University of Nebraska football game, um, a couple years ago. Nice. It is an amazing home crowd. Like yeah, just, dude. The stadium's filled with red. Everybody's into it. But it, and it's not like you know. Some places, if you go to the, the tailgating beforehand, feels like you, you might get destroyed by a drunk man. Like he's just going to fight right. you. There's a there's just sort of a fun, lighthearted spirit to the whole thing there, where it feels much more communal. So yeah. uh, that may have slanted my opinion that way. But yeah, that Tommy Fraser era. Uh, Dude, Tommy Frazier, so good. And yeah, I think, so good. Did, did Tommy Frazier wear a crop top jersey? Yeah, that a lot of those Nebraska players in that era wore crop top. Well, a jerseys. lot of those I mean, dudes in the nineties, that Florida State was famous yeah, for it. Famous, I, dude. The I Derek Brooks those. crop top was yes. so fresh, incredible. Especially when I think Ward Dunn wore the same thing, and he had the yep. little. Uh, he had like the little back armor flap that just yep, swung yep. free. So he's, you know, he's like five, eight and 160 pounds running down the field away from yeah. somebody. He's got this little back flap going. Yeah. The crop top is, uh, is a great uniform feature as well. Dude, the crop top was an amazing look and you're absolutely right. Nobody wore it better than Florida state and, um, and Nebraska back in the, back in that day, man. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with one more and my uniform signing very similar to yours pipe, any Nebraska fullback from like, 1980 to 1999 uh huge neck roll huge shoulder pads crop top um we're talking like Corey schlesinger uh jeff mcavicka yeah um these guys were men these guys were grown men who would like smash your helmet and and break it and break your face mask um, these yeah, guys they, defined they, they lead defined, blocking. They defined corn fed is what they defined. They did. You know, when people are like, oh, Midwestern corn fed, you know, you know, country strong, like yeah, it's that's what they're talking that about. That guy, yeah, to that's a exactly T. what they're talking about to a T. Um, Piper, we are we are nearing the end of our time because I have to go teach class. But you uh, you threw out another intriguing topic for this week, and that is, what's one sport you wish you could get into? Um, and man, I feel like there's a ton I could say about this. Um, and I will, I will get to it, but I was wondering like what you had in mind when you, when you broached that topic, 
one sport you wish you could get into? Well, I just I for me it's especially international sports. So there yeah. are you know I see people's just diehard fandom of yeah. of not just not just a team like that's fine, but of a game. And yeah. And the answer for this isn't soccer because soccer fans are the most annoying fans in the world, especially sure. Okay, to be fair, American soccer fans because they're all bandwagon jumpers who have arbitrarily pulled teams out of a hat from the Euro League. Like good for dude, them. and they're so they're so smug about liking yes. soccer. You know what I mean? They feel like they're superior to you. So this is this is more like sports that are culturally uh, staples in other places have huge followings. Yeah. And and we pay zero attention to them in the states. That's what this is for yeah. me. I mean, it, I mean, I guess you could be like tennis or golf or whatever. I mean, I think sure. it'd be cool to follow those a little bit more. But uh, so that that was what inspired the question for me. Uh huh. Um, and I I was having a hard time deciding between cricket and rugby. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's more rugby on TV now than there ever has been. So. Like, now would be a good time to get into rugby. But, um, dude, I have to tell you, for me, the answer could be almost any sport. And I think it's a function of maybe my age or my, like, emotional life right now. But I just – I can't bring myself to care enough about anything because I I have no personal stake in it. You know what I mean? And it's like I, I watch football religiously, but I think it's almost like muscle memory, you know, yep. because I really don't care at all um, what happens to any team or really even any player anymore. But I just watch out of muscle memory. I watch for like coaches that I like or schemes that I like or whatever. But almost every other sport, it's a, it's a series of like I have to talk myself into caring and, and one that I wish I cared about. Like I wish I had a team and experience was baseball. Like I really want to enter into this long languid, like summer tradition of like mowing the lawn and then coming in and flopping down on the sofa and flipping on a game and caring about it. But I just can't care about it. Um, so here's, here's what you should do to try to get into baseball. So I, yeah, help I love me, baseball. Man. Help me with this. Listen to baseball. Ooh, turn it up, turn it on in the car um, okay. Or or while you're mowing the lawn, if you have a decent pair of headphones, I realize lawn mowers yeah. are loud. Um, yeah. Listening to baseball in the summer is yeah. like I listen to baseball while I walk my dog. You know, it's like nice. it's it's eight o'clock. Soothing. The sun is going mm-hmm. down. It's not super hot anymore, and and it's perfect because yeah. there's there's just like a cadence and a rhythm to it, and there's these long pauses where you hear the crowd in the background. And I mean, you have to understand baseball to do that because. You, you're you're not seeing the game sure sure but it's, it's a great way to enjoy the game dude i like that man that's good advice and i'm, I'm actually going to pose a bit of a challenge slash question to our listenership so uh a long long time ago on our on on my blog i did this with college football because i i grew up in indiana i played for a small college so i didn't have strong rooting interests so i actually opened up a national recruitment on my blog in which readers could, they could send me swag. And then at the end of the recruiting period, I would sign with their team to be a fan of it for life. And, uh, that actually worked out swimmingly. So I signed with Syracuse. Um, they have not had the best run college football wise, but oddly enough, they've been a super fun team to watch over the years because they've had interesting coaches and and players come through there, but play in the weirdest stadium. They play in a great weird stadium. They play in the Carrier Dome, which is super fun. I'm a huge dome stadium guy. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out there to our fans, to our listeners. 
recruit me to your baseball team. So this could be verbal recruitment. It could be the sending of swag or gear. Um, I need a team to root for. I need a team to care about. Help me care about your team. And uh, recruitment is is open as of right now. And um, let's say by you know two or three episodes down the road, Piper, I'm going to announce who I've signed with. I'm going to sign with a team. So right. can 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 I impose a couple rules on this, or is this most definitely? Game? All right, Yankee, no, impose. Yankees fans need not apply. Period. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm just I'm with stay that. home. That. Yep. Cardinals fans also need not apply. Uh, yeah. Simply because in our portion of the world where Ted and I live. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's a Cardinals fan kind of period by default. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the Cardinals. They have, have a wonderful legacy as a franchise. They're not a bad Mm -hmm. team to follow at all. They've had great successes, Uh, but they're not any fun to follow for all of those same reasons. So go ahead and and keep your, keep your Jack Buck and uh, wizard of Oz opinions to yourself because you, you guys, both of you can, can stay home. Dude, no, I want a fun team. I want kind of an obscure team, a team with some upside, um, a team with cool swag. So I want I want a good hat to be able to buy, man. I want to I want to be able to go to like, you know, the the hat store in the mall and buy a good uh, a good hat after this this thing is all said and done after the dust is settled. So there it is. Um, recruit me to love your baseball team, and we will see where that goes. Uh, Piper, we have wandered to and fro throughout the Do we want to throw out a real quick book recommendation? Let's do a quick book. Man. Let's we do a always quick forget one. to do this now. We did it for like six episodes and then forgot and forgot. Um, all right. I am going to throw out a quick one. This is this is the book that made me interested in both rugby and cricket, and it's called Ooh. the Cap- it's called the Captain Class. Um, wow, dude. It's by a guy named I think his name's Sam Miller. Okay. And it it is a look at what is the key characteristic that sets apart the the best of the best championship teams in history. So teams that were were at the peak of their game for multiple years in a row. His conclusion is that it's the captain of the team. How he gets there is fascinating, whether or not you agree with him. Um, But he talks about some New Zealand rugby teams and uh, one or two cricket teams sports that I am fascinated by. So it's called captain class. It's, it's both a leadership book and a sports book, but it's really about sports and you can glean some things about leadership. And that's the, that's the best sort. So check that one out. The captain class. Dude, I love it. Also, what are the odds that like you and I could find our way onto like an adult rugby team together? I feel like that's hipster enough in Nashville that that could be a thing. It involves um, physical conflict, which is a thing that hipsters are not keen on. They might be more like, true. well, what about disc golf? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, also, disc golf is not going to, not a sport. That's not going to be a go with me, man. But uh, but if, you could get me onto the rugby pitch. I yeah, would that there. would be fun. That would be super fun. All right, so mine, because you mentioned Nebraska, and you got me all nostalgic for all things like 80s and 90s Nebraska football, uh, I'm going to go with a book called Big Red Confidential. Uh, this was written by Armin Kitayan back when he was a sports writer and he wasn't um, primarily doing TV stuff. Um, it's kind of a deep dive expose into like the Tom Osborne era Nebraska football dynasty and all the like sleaziness therein. So um, Tom Osborne was kind of a Tom Landry esque, you know, moral values kind of figure. But um, beneath the surface of this program, there was a there was a lot of uh, shadiness going on. So Big Red <laughs> Confidential, uh, Armin Katayan. It's a good read about the AstroTurf era Nebraska Cornhuskers. And uh, with that, Piper. 
Uh, I think I'm going to sign us off because we have wandered to and fro, and I've got to go teach a class. And I have, so a, until, I have a meeting to go to, which isn't nearly as interesting. Dude, no. This, is, this has been the highlight of the day for sure. Uh, thanks to the great guys at 503 Sports. Again, check them out at 503-sports.com for all your retro uniform needs. And until next time, Corey Schlesinger. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. I'm Don Hawkins, and I once heard Chick-fil-A founder Truett Cathy say, you can tell if a person needs encouragement, check to see if they're breathing. I'd like to invite you to my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You, featuring encouraging guests like Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley, Dan Cathy, the late Dr. Frank Menrith, Josh McDowell, and more. To subscribe to my weekly Encouragement for You podcast, go to lifeaudio.com. That's lifeaudio.com.